welcome to Meet Me Here. I am your host, Chico Boccaccio, and this is my motherfucking podcast. Whoa, she's got the vocals today. Welcome, y'all. If it's your first time here, welcome to the crazy side of the internet. If you've been here before, welcome. No need to knock anymore. Just take your shoes off and come on in. I hope while you're listening to this, you are well. If you're having a bad day, hopefully this makes your day a little better. So your girl has been doing a little bit of soul searching or just figuring out why I am the way I am, why I do the things that I do. Is it a me thing? Is it a how I was raised thing? You know, just trying to figure it out. I think this is part of the process of being in your late 20s. And something you need to know about me is I have never been afraid of authority. Like people in positions above me, fear, never. I just look at them as people who've had more experience in the working game and more years under their belt so they're in a higher position. Respect always. Fear, never. And I'm trying to figure out if that's a last born thing or if it's how I'm raised, but I kind of feel like it's a combination of all those things. Seriously, every single job I've ever had, if I had an issue, I would have no problem walking into my boss's office and being like, yo, Here's my issue. Here's how I think we can fix it if I had a solution or whatever it is. Bro, I swear my coworker used to look at me like I'm crazy. She would be like, you just walked in there? I was like, yeah. She was like, you didn't write an email? I was like, no, I just walked in there. Because what's the worst that could happen? I walk in there and I'm like, hey, can I borrow five minutes of your time? If you have no time, no worries. I'll put time on your calendar. It's not that big of an issue. Like you either try something and get turned down or don't try it at all. And that's stupid. So that's always been my attitude towards this. And I think it started from an event that happened when I was younger. I think we were, how old was I? 11? Yeah, something around that. So we were in Nairobi um, at a place called Village Market. I believe it was a New Year's party. It was my older sister and her then boyfriend. Bullshit guy. I don't even know why the fuck I'm spending my breath talking about him or involving him in this equation. Anyway, he was there. They were together. Um, It was me, my mom, and my stepdad. And I want to say my other sister was there or I was with a friend. I don't recall. So we are there for a New Year's party. We go bowling. We have a great time, blah, blah, blah. We're heading back to the cars. Obviously, we drove in different cars because we were too many of us. And we were all headed back to my mom's house. We're walking in the parking lot of this place. And keep in mind, it's like, I don't know what to compare it to, a mall um, with a gated parking lot. Like, you know, one of those parking lots where you have to get a ticket in order to get into it. So anyway, relevant information. We're walking towards the car. My sister, her boyfriend, uh, me and whoever I was with, my parents drove separately. So they've already gone a different direction. Now, my sister and him are holding hands and they're walking a little bit ahead of us. And I see them getting stopped. This guy comes across the parking lot and stops them and starts confronting them. So obviously we we catch up with them and we're like, what the hell is going on? And the guy was actually, a cop completely wasted completely drunk and he's like oh i'm gonna arrest you guys for loitering um you guys are walking around here public displays of affection i don't know what he just talks and he keeps saying loitering loitering we're gonna arrest you and we're like how are we loitering we're literally inside a gated 
parking lot, trying to walk to the car. How are we loitering? We're leaving. And this guy reeked of alcohol. He's like, you know, I'm a cop. He wasn't wearing uniform. Or if he was, he was wearing like a really big jacket because he was outside. Um, He was wearing a really big jacket. So it wasn't evident that he was a cop. So he pulls out his badge and he's like, I'm going to arrest you guys for loitering, blah, 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 blah. Now there were about maybe five other people guys who were sitting around him like a little bit further from where he like actually walked across to see us um and at that point you're seeing like five drunk guys confronting you for loitering and you're an 11 year old girl and at that point I was scared you know I felt so small and my older sister at that time she's changed a lot but she's always been more soft-spoken so so I could tell like she was just trying to keep the peace and she's like, we're sorry, officer. Um, we just wanted to go to our car, blah, blah, blah. Moral of the story is he was just trying to get money from us and we didn't have any money. As much as my sister's boyfriend is bullshit, um, he being the only guy that we were with kind of diffused the situation and made us feel a, little, a lot better about it and talked to the cop and kind of like got us out of the situation. It was only a maybe about like two minute or five minute interaction but to me it felt really long and really aggressive and really overwhelming like we walked into the car and we were all like what the fuck just happened we were on such a high skipping to the car and then all of a sudden like we're nearly in tears in the car on the way home so we get in the car and we're like, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to tell mom about it? Are we going to call her? Because she can't be that far away. Like she's not that far because they were getting into their car and heading out the same time we were. It just so happened that we weren't parked near each other. Should we call her back? But my mom's a hothead and we knew that nothing would be solved if we called her back. Or actually, everything would be solved. But do we want to deal with that drama? No, we're not dealing with it at that point. So we decided we were going to tell her once we got home. Um, and there was really nothing that she could do at that point. So we get home and they're obviously ahead of us. And I think she had even called us to be like, yo, where are you guys? And we were like, oh, we're just a couple of minutes behind. Um, we'll get there when we get there. So they're in the kitchen and we're like, mom, You'll never believe what just happened to us. We go ahead and tell her the situation. First of all, we're not even able to get the whole story out because my mom is one of those people who it's very difficult to tell her a story. Even when I was in high school, like if I want, if I ever wanted to tell my mom a story about something funny my friends did or whatever, like you have to leave out certain parts because she'll get so fixated on that part and she'll be like, you know, if this person didn't do this, then you guys could have been in so much trouble, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yes, of course, we know that. But just listen to the story and laugh. Like, that didn't happen. Please, just, like, just listen to what I wanted to tell you. She always, like, kind of changes the story to or hyperfixates on a certain detail of the story. So it took us a very long time trying to explain this story to my mother. Love her to death, but... She was like, he did what? He said what? Why didn't you guys call me? And we're like, mom, your reaction right now is exactly why we didn't call you. In hindsight, I don't know why we were protecting that guy or that group of cops because they needed to be handled. But at the same time, like, we just didn't want all the smoke at that point. And let me just tell you another detail about my mother. She's the most well-connected person I've ever met. Like, I swear she has friends in every single industry you can think of 
Bro, this woman was already talking about what cop station were they from? What this? What that? Do I need to call this guy? You know, I'm friends with the chief of this, 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 this police station. I'm going to get these guys. I'm like, mom, this is exactly why we didn't tell you shit. <laughs> but all the chaos aside, she actually gave us or gave me peace of mind because she also told me things about the law that day that I need to know and that were so helpful going into my teenage years because when I tell you from that point on I had no fear of running into a cop ever again because she told me all my rights as a woman obviously in Kenya and these rules could have changed so I don't live in that country anymore so I don't really necessarily know what they are now but at that point I knew all the rules on traffic stops I knew all the loitering rules i knew all the rules on how many cops need to be present when you're getting arrested what genders need to be present what time that rule goes into effect when i tell you i was given a plethora a bundle a buy one get one free of knowledge bruh i was strapped i lived my teenage years young wild and free thank you mom i'm just kidding i'm always going to be a law-abiding citizen but i always knew if I got myself into trouble, which I didn't, how to get out of it. And for that, I'm truly grateful because that moment quickly turned from a shaky 11-year-old who feels fearful and helpless to an 11-year-old the next day who is unfuckable with, unfuckwithable. Fuckable with? Fuckwithable? Bitch, you were not touching me, okay? <laughs> you were not touching me i was on top of the world so i guess that's where my view of authority came from my mother question mark and then i moved to america <laughs> and i had to learn a whole different rule book and the thing about america is they have a rule book but for the first time i had to live a little bit different or worry about different things because as much as America has a rule book, I have to follow it that much more because of the color of my skin. But that's a topic for another day. Being black in America is a whole different subject that we're not tapping into today. However, what I do want to tap into is how to survive jail. Now, your girl's a law-abiding citizen, so I've never been in jail, I've never been arrested, I have no tickets on my record, and I'm almost 30, which is great. And I don't mean to romanticize being locked up, but you know who's romanticized being locked up? Netflix. And as a consumer of Netflix, I just feel like it's my civil duty to let y'all know if you end up in a sticky situation where you find yourself being locked up, Here's a guide on how to survive. Now, I did my research, and by research, I mean I watched a bunch of jail shows, and this is a list of all the most helpful tips I think you need to know. First of all, you have to be very selective in the kind of friends that you make. The first kind of friend that you want to have is what they call a snow, um, S-N-O-W. Snow equals white bitch. Now, the reason you want to make friends with white bitches, and I quote, is because white bitches get to the money. They know how to hustle, they know how to make money in prison, and with more money comes more commissary. Now, prison food is disgusting. 
I don't know what was on those trays, but y'all, I couldn't figure it out. A lot of these places, unfortunately, and I'm talking about American prisons because this is what is on Netflix. I've been watching American prisons. You don't know where that food is coming from. Most of it is expired. Um, Their milk is bad. They get types of meat that you can't even figure out what animal it came from, you know? So the more money you have in commissary, the richer you are. And because we've already established that white bitches, aka snows, get to the money, those are the kind of friends you need to have. The second kind of friend is the mentally ill. Now, if I was in prison, I would be that friend, the mentally ill. The reason that you want these kind of people around you is because they're on prescriptions, okay? (laughs) They're already taking shit to make sure that they are functioning as a human. And in prison, it's sober October every single day of the week. Now, by no means am I encouraging this, but for those of you who are in jail and not mentally ill, when you take some of our pills, they start getting you a little loosey-goosey. You start feeling a little a little tipsy-wipsy. Some of them will even make a concoction for you. Now, this particular one is called Hell of the Hillary. It's four different pills. I'm not going to mention what they are because I'm not trying to go to jail. Um... It's crushed up with toothpaste, water, and orange juice. So it's like a thick alcohol. Think of the consistency of like a Bailey's or an Amarula or Ramchata. But obviously not that creamy color because we're not using milk. We're using toothpaste and the color is pink. Now, how do they get it to you? There's a couple of methods. So some of them pretend to get the pills and pretend to swallow them. And then as soon as they walk away, they take them out of their mouth and they'll give you the pill. Some of them switch cups. But with the hell of the Hillary, how they give it to you. Now, the person who's making it in their cell sticks a paper through the door, like a folded paper. So think of taking a paper and folding it in half. You slide it through the door open it a little bit wide, and the other person on the other side is holding a cup beneath the paper, and then you just kind of pour it through it, and that's how they get the hell of the Hillary. Now, you can't drink too much of that because that one will really get you tipsy, and you don't want the guards to know that you've been drinking, so be careful with that one. Now, if you're not into making friends with the mentally ill, I get it. We can be a lot sometimes. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to make your own alcohol in your room. This is called Pruno. Now, Pruno is more of the old school alcohol making method. You're fermenting. So it can be done with oranges or apples. So whenever you get your fruits for breakfast or lunch or dinner, you're going to store them in your room. Not me actually telling you how to do this, You're not going to do it. Let's change the narrative. This is what they do. They store the fruit in the room in a bag. And in order to produce alcohol, all you need is like the yeast and the sugars. So you're going to keep your fruit for a while, add sugar to it. It'll get fermenty. And and I quote, it'll get you to hallucinate and you'll see your toilet paper running away from you. End quote. You can also do this with bread because obviously bread yeast hello but you also got to be careful because they do room searches and if they see you with a bunch of fruit in your room the cops know what's going on they know how to make this stuff too they'll be like you got some pruno and you'll be like who me no and oh bars and they'll know you have it you can't lie to them i mean you can but you'll get caught but you know maybe drugs and alcohol are not your thing i get it that's not everyone's vice maybe it's men 
Well, if you're lucky enough to be in a prison cell where they have floors for men and floors for women, you can communicate and get a jail bay. However, if you want to communicate with them, you have to communicate through the toilet. And the most important part of getting your phone toilet ready is the prep. So here's what we're going to do. First things first, flush the toilet to make sure nothing is left over, you know, because God forbid you have a little shit turd on your ear. So once you flush the toilet, obviously there's going to be water left inside. So get to scooping, get a cup, whatever you got, scoop away. They're scooping on the other side too. So eventually after a bunch of scooping, there'll be no water left in between the two of you. And now you have a hollow toilet ready for your communication. I mean, y'all at this point is practically FaceTime. They talk through a metal thing. We talk through a metal thing. Potato, tomato, you know, minor differences. If you have paper towel rolls, you're going to put that on the toilet so you can put your ear on the paper towel instead of putting your ear on the metal bowl because that's a lot. Some women don't mind doing that. But as I'm thinking about it, it's probably better for the acoustics with the paper towel anyway. So just place the paper towel on the toilet and then put your ear to it. And that way um, your voice is getting amplified hella more. Now, if your jail bay has been good to you, send him a gift. How are you going to do that? Easy. We're going to make a really long string and then take whatever it is that you want to send. It could be Pruno you made, Hell of Hillary, used panties. Hey, listen, the world is your oyster. The list is endless. You're going to put it in like a Ziploc bag or take tape and wrap it real tight so that it doesn't get destroyed because you're going to have to fish that down the toilet and you don't want it to get wet and destroyed. So yeah, put that long ass string down the toilet. Make sure to tie a couple of plastic spoons at different places on the string just so that it's easy to retrieve. And then flush that motherfucker and hopefully it gets to the other side safe and sound. Now that string starts off white, but I can tell you as much as you think you cleaned your bowl, you ain't cleaned the pipes in there. So that's how you know how nasty these girls are and or how clean they are. The nasty girls will start pulling that string just with their hands. The clean girls, they gonna put some gloves on or something to protect from pulling all the shitty water. They gonna protect their hands. But then again, that's an easy way to tell the dirty bitches and the clean ones. Now here's the thing about having a jail bay. It's all fun and games in theory until you piss him off. These men get so petty. Tell me why this one girl wanted to break off her relationship with this man. And he was like, oh, you thought you were going to stop talking to me? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it rain shit on you. And deadass, that's what he did. So they call it parachuting. And it's where the guys will clog up their toilets with shit and urine and parachute it through the toilet until the urine and the shit pops out on the other side, which is the women's side. So now the whole women's floor is leaking shit. And poor women, now their floor smells like absolute ass. And they're the ones who have to clean it too. And poor women, they're literally just trying to like make make the best out of a shitty situation. And one of them goes... It's like Ashanti said, rain on me. <laughs> like, no, no. In my head, I'm just thinking as we, what's, what's the group called? Rain down on.
on me let your love just anyway that's all i have for you guys today i hope you learned how to survive jail hopefully we never get to the place where we're in that situation seeing a lot of these women's stories they're just like us and happened to be in a really shitty situation or put in a really bad spot that got them in there so hope you guys learned how to survive jail this was meet me here i'm shiko bukachio see ya (laughs) Oh, 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 oh,